And greetings. Welcome to The Dividing Line. My name is James White. I am still here in, uh, well, I'm actually in St. Peter's, but St. Charles, St. Louis, it's all the, you know, big metro area type thing. And uh, our conference begins this evening at Covenant of Grace Church at seven o'clock. And uh, the wind is whipping again, but it's like 60 degrees. <laughs> it's like, so you can have wind whipping at 60 or wind whipping at 20. I'll take the 60 for now anyway. Um, but uh, it's it's the winds come from the opposite direction and weather is different here. Uh, at least in Phoenix, it's a lot more predictable, except when we get one of stray uh, hurricane that comes up the Gulf of California and tries to take a shot at us, which has never really worked out that well. Anyway, uh, so we're here uh, this evening and then um, tomorrow and Sunday, Monday night, we'll be in Jonesboro, um, Wednesday night in Emory, Texas, and Friday night in uh, Lubbock, Texas, and uh, getting home a little bit after after that. So uh, if you're going to be in those areas, we look forward to seeing you talking about why we believe in the doctrine of the Trinity starting this evening. So uh, if you're in the area, we're looking forward to seeing you. Just a couple of things today. I don't even know that necessarily I'll go the full hour. I don't feel any major compunction. I have been working really hard today. I, I just uploaded my uh, final examination for my students at Grace Bible Theological Seminary, and that may not sound like a real great accomplishment, but um, we use a uh, electronic program to do all the registration, class stuff, assignments, things like that. And and I'll I'll be honest with you, um, I'm a little bit on the old school side, and so this program is great. It's well made. I get it, but there's still a lot to learn. And so you know, I'm sitting here with this final examination, and okay, now how do how do you make this work? And, you know, you got to put in each question individually, and then there's categories, and, and you know, oh, it took a long time. Took a long time, but we got it up there. And the nice thing is once you once you figure it out, it it, it is a time saver, I think. <laughs> Who knows? We'll, fi- we'll find out when the, when the exams are turned in. That's, that's when probably the first time around it won't be a, um, a, uh, a time saver, but I could see how it could be down the road, but there is a, there is an investment, shall we say. I think some of you who are teachers are going, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, it's, it's a different world out there, but uh, I mean, I'm just used to, you know, stacks of papers and book reviews and you just, you got your red, your red marker out. I do miss the red marker. Uh, you know, in fact, it's not gonna be long till no one even knows what that means. I can get my red marker out. So <laughs> what are you going to do with that? I don't even know what it is. Anyhow, just a couple things uh, to get to here. I uh, uh, admit to some level of distraction because, not just because of the wind outside, but because I saw a video of the uh, uh, thugs, also known as the police, in uh, the Netherlands. Uh, just like the thugs in Canada and the thugs in China and the thugs everywhere. Um, uh, you know, I've said many times that when all this started, I had sort of hoped there there was something in the back of my mind. You know, well, police, you know, they'll they won't just do what they're told. They'll do what's right. 
you know, I obviously grew up in a different world, um, rather naive and, uh, and things like that. And, uh, uh, it's, it's distracting to see, I mean, these people's livelihoods are being taken away and all for a complete, utter, total made up myth, pure mythology, pure mythology. Um, we are seeing people right now, right in front of our eyes, doing things that will result in, in massive energy shortages, which will result in starvation and death. And we, we literally had, you know, uh, I, I saw something, I think yesterday about the anniversary of the Holodomor. Well, the Holodomor in Ukraine was a couple of years long. So I'm not sure I have an anniversary of it. Um, but that was when Stalin killed millions, millions with an M of Ukrainians by starving them to death. And most people in the West, don't, they've never even heard of it. Never even heard of it. And that's because we were palling around with Stalin at the time. And would all the way through World War II. And so we unfortunately have a long history of just closing our eyes to these things. But now it's happening to us. And we have people as evil. History will, will we record. We have people as evil as Stalin in our midst right now. Traveling in and out of New York to the to the uh, uh, UN, and they want to do exactly what Stalin did. They want to depopulate the earth. Um, they want to enslave the major portion of the world's population, and and we all just no, nah, you're you're crazy, you're conspiracy theory. You know, it's, it's, if you, I've only done a little reading on the Holodomor. But when one particular um, reporter tried to report on this, that's what happened to him. Oh, you're crazy. You're, you're just making this stuff. The exact same thing happened. He was exactly right. And so it's the same playbook, just repeated over and over and over and over again. And, uh, oh, my. I'm watching a recreation of the, the film Birds. Outside, there is a massive flock of geese um, do, doing the Watusi. I, I don't think you can hear them, but they are making quite a racket uh, right above me. That's beautiful. We don't really have that in Arizona. We have killer bees, <laughs> wasps, and <laughs> few vultures, things like that. Not much of that kind of stuff. I'm sitting next to a lake, so that's probably one of the reasons. We don't have very many of them either. At least not that we didn't make, and even they are drying up. So, yay. Anyhow, um, that, sorry to have been disrupted in the middle of something like that. But this is what's it, – it, it, again, I've, I've, I've confessed this many, many times. I feel like I live in two different worlds. And you see things like this happening, and, and you know why it's happening – and it just doesn't seem like it could possibly be real, but it is. But it is. And it's happening right in front of us. Uh, don't don't close your eyes to it. Um, hold your kids tight. Uh, that's. And, it, and it's hard to transition into talking about factual things, theological things, historical things. When you see that kind of stuff happening. Right now uh, in our in our world, but that that makes the transmission of the content of the faith to the next generations all that more 
important because they're going to have to rebuild this mess. Um, because these people, I mean, Stalin's dead. The USSR is gone. The evil represented by it continues on, but will eventually, of necessity, uh, be put under Christ's feet. And the only way to do that is to transmit the text, the, the text, transmit the content of the faith, which is based on the text. I'm going to be using this. Could be the only thing I use tonight in tonight's session, actually. Uh, because, like I said, this is that ESV creeds and confessions thing. So I'm going to be making a point by using some of the confessional material uh, in the back and asking the question, how do we get from here to here? So if anyone's wondering, that's what we're going to uh, be doing this evening. Okay, uh, a couple things. Right before the program started, I saw on Twitter a... Um, tweet from josh summer again and uh i've been trying to sort of avoid necessarily mentioning the gentleman or interacting with stuff but since it was specifically about me and about joe boot um i felt like i needed to uh, provide some commentary uh joe boot had uh posted yesterday um instead we should go to the word and interpret our thoughts in light of the true master the lord jesus christ listen to james white give an exceptional and insightful interview on our podcast in regard to the so-called great tradition it leads to rome and then there is a um, reference link i think i probably was um recalcitrant in not having posted that myself i might have retweeted it i don't remember now um uh, I would, I hopefully tried to anyways. And, uh, so, uh, Dr. Boot hadn't been able to be on this particular webcast. Um, but, uh, we, we talked about general Thomas stuff. Uh, they've been doing a series on Thomas and the Thomistic resurgence and, and things like that. And so that was, just a couple of days before I left on this uh, this trip. And so it's been posted. So Josh Summer responded to uh, Joe Boot's tweet by saying, the wool is thick, but don't miss it. Boot wants you to accept a new tradition at the expense of what Christ's bride has confessed for 2,000 years, Matthew 16, 18. The question is not whether tradition, but which tradition. Um, that is straight straight out of the Catholic Answers Playbook. I have heard that. I can't tell you how many times I have heard Roman Catholics say exactly those words. Exactly those words. Um, I'm just stunned. I, I, I just, it is just amazing to me how quickly, especially this particularly young, young gentleman, is evolving in that direction. Um, despite all the warnings, it just seems like it's a, it's a trajectory that won't stop. Um, Boot wants you to accept a new tradition at the expense of what Christ's bride has confessed for 2,000 years. That, now, first of all, that's just absurd on a level that's hard to know how to even, how to even talk about. Um, and to, to identify Thomas's Aristotelian formulation of things as being the primitive apostolic um, 
Teaching? Again, uh, absurd just seems to be the only word that can be used, but it's it's stunning. Um, because he, you know, he still claims to be what he claims to be. Um, Jobu does not want you to accept a new tradition. Um, he wants you to recognize that this is the norma normata. This is the norm of all norms. It norms any tradition. And this is what he's directing you to. And this corrects Thomas Aquinas. And if you don't believe that, you're not a Reformed Baptist. You don't believe the first chapter. Stop pretending that you are. I mean, can we just be straight up front about this? When you can literally tell people that Aquinas' formulation is what the bride of Christ has confessed for 2,000 years, and then quote Matthew 16, 18 as if that's relevant? Wow. Um, Somebody... I'm telling you, guys have been telling you for a year now. It's it's we're we're it's December and this is when it started last year for me. It's been a year now and I'm like, guys, there's there's only one direction this goes. And there's only one conclusion that it has. And um it may take time to see it, but there you go. Um so uh uh Pastor Summer, uh I don't know what the Willisick means. Uh, Boot does not want you to accept the new tradition. He wants you to accept the original teaching of Scripture itself. Uh, Thomas Aquinas is not what Christ's bride has confessed 2,000 years. It has nothing to do with Matthew chapter 16, 18. And when you say the question is not whether tradition, but which tradition, you might as well just uh, start your subscription to this rock magazine, if they still publish it. I'm not sure if they do. Uh, they did long, long ago when I was uh, first dealing with them before you were born. Um, so anyway, uh, that's just utterly amazing. Um, sad to see, but, but just be aware, just be aware of this type of stuff happening. Okay. I had to do some looking around. I'll be honest with you. I had never heard of this fellow, Andrew Tate. Why would I even have ever heard of Andrew Tate? I, I'm not a big MMA fan. I guess he was uh, a kickboxer in MMA uh, in years past, I guess. I I had to do some digging around because the the first thing I saw, I don't know, last week, the week before, was a picture of him on a uh, private jet with a glass of whiskey or something and a cigar and someone was saying Andrew Tate flying off to fill in Elon Musk on something. I I didn't really understand it, but I I saw from the commentary that this guy was a new convert to Islam, and everybody's saying haram, haram. No, no, Andrew, no, you can't do that. <laughs> no, doesn't fit. Um, you're you haven't quite been instructed yet, I guess, or something. And so I'm I'm like, okay, a new convert to Islam. I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't know what this is about. Then Doug Wilson uh, posted a response video. Well, sorta. Um didn't do a lot of responding in this response video, except to the very first point that the guy made. Um and so it was about his conversion. 
And as you'll see, basically what Tate is saying is, well, I couldn't convert to Christianity because of liberal Christian liberal Christianity. He he shows no the, the young man, he seems to be a young man, looks like he's in his 30s. That's a young man to me anymore. Um, young man seems to be extremely, well, I'll just be honest with you, extremely arrogant and yet extremely ignorant at the same time, which is a pretty dangerous combination, actually. Oh, but 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 when I looked looked him up, I found out he was not only into uh, MMA, um, but he was um his dad was an international master in chess. And I guess he played as well. So, okay. All right. I forgot to mention that element. And then, it, and then I guess he's just done a lot of almost multi-level marketing type stuff to make money. It didn't really sound like he's actually been building anything, uh, but just sort of taking advantage of other people in that process. So I, I don't have any background on the guy i just want to comment on what he himself is saying in regards to his conversion uh as i play it i've tried to remember where he dropped a bomb um evidently the idea of purity of speech isn't part of his conversion experience and he was being interviewed by uh zuby who i follow on twitter and basically, you know, he just, he's explaining not so much, well, he does make a positive case for why he chose Islam, but most of it's just why he couldn't choose Christianity. And so I felt it would be, it would be appropriate to respond to what he has to say. And uh, it's been a while since we've done something specifically on Islam. But the reality is, uh, this man does not know Islam. Uh, he may be doing the prayers now or something, um, but I just really got the feeling from listening to him that he does not understand Islam. He 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 doesn't seem like he's a person who has read the Quran. He certainly hasn't read the Bible. And you can't figure out the Quran without the Bible. It assumes you have read the Bible. It does. It's, just, it's obvious. The way it makes easy reference to biblical stories and Moses and Noah and so on and so on. It just, it just assumes a knowledge of uh, the Old and New Testaments, the Torah and the Injil. Now, the author of the Quran did not know what was contained in the Torah and the Injil. He knew much more. He had had much more exposure to the Hebrew understanding of scripture, to the Jewish understanding, than he had uh, of Christianity by a long shot. But still, this fellow doesn't really understand it at all. And at one point, Zubi actually says something about like three weeks ago. So well, actually, no, he said, he said, now I'm not, I'm not sure when this was recorded, but he said it was like three weeks ago he had seen this video. Now, I remember this video. It was that we even commented on it. It was, I don't, he, he said United Methodist. I don't think it was United Methodist. I think it was the Episcopalian guy um, who brought the drag queen 
uh, into into the church and was talking about you know just that that level of absurd heresy and apostasy and 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 we we have seen it over and over and over and over again. So uh, he makes reference to that, but said only like three weeks ago. So this guy is a newly minted Muslim. I'm not sure that he knows that you can't unmint yourself. <laughs> um, that there, there's only one um, way to go in Sharia law. If you leave Islam, there's only one proper punishment for that which is called death. Um, I'm not sure that was explained to him, but I have the really strong suspicion that this will be a temporary thing. Um, as soon as he finds out that there are certain things he's not allowed to do. But at the same time, he he makes some good points. And so it's worthwhile to take a look at it. So I'll be sharing the screen here and, and doing what I can. And sometimes I will undoubtedly forget to unshare it, and you'll still be stuck look, looking at him not with his mouth not moving. Um, because that's just the way it works. I will do my best. But uh, let's – and like I said, I'll try to skip the profanity. I think I know about where it was. But um, all right, here we go. So firstly, I found scientific proof for God. I'm the man. Everyone's been sitting here, all the atheists saying there's no proof for God. I've got it. Okay, let's Here's the scientific proof for God. I've got all of it. I think it's his third law. It might be a second. We'll have to look it up if it's third or second law. But one of Newton's law is that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. For every force, there's an equal and opposite force. Anyone who's perspicacious enough to look around them and sees the true evil in the world today understands that there must be an equal and opposite to that true evil, which is good, which means that God must be real. If all of the evil in the world today is the act of demons and devil and people. Okay. Quick comment. Not going to switch screen. Um, interesting argument, but I, I, I don't know that it's over overwhelmingly. Well, it's first of all, not quote unquote scientific. And um, I think most people would find that a rather shallow argument. I mean, it sort of connects into a, a general morality argument. Um, but it doesn't provide the grounding for upon which you can identify what good and evil are in the first place. So, uh, you know, just, just go, I'm the man. I figured this out. Okay. I pretend it isn't. But if you truly understood things like the elites making you miss your grandma's funeral to laugh at you, like cutting up the, the dicks of kids because of a psyop on the Disney channel, when you truly understand the level of evil in the world today, then you must understand the only equal and opposite force can be God. Okay. Um, if you truly understand, well, yeah, those things are evil, but on what basis do you define them as evil? And again, while Islam has Sharia law, um, the actual moral foundational content that the Quran makes reference to comes from the Bible, not from Islam, not from the Quran, certainly. And so we can agree on common grace level that there is a um, tremendous amount of evil in our world today. Um, but that sort of begs the 
the, the question of how you define that and how that's been made known to mankind. Another thing I've argued with atheists about, they don't understand that even God as a concept, even just as a concept, in and of himself becomes a real thing. If you have a thousand people and those thousand people believe in a God, even if there's no man in the sky, but those thousand people believing in a God makes them act righteously, that even as a concept in and of itself, God is a real force. God, the idea as a force, is making the people act righteously. So God must exist in some form. Um, yeah, no. Um, the, I, there, there's lots and lots of pitfalls on that one. Um, so that that would that would mean that the concepts of Buddhism, the concepts of Hinduism, the gods of Hinduism, uh, would have the same impact and would have the same level of existence. Um, I, I realize he he thinks he's really figured some stuff out here, but I don't think he's gotten very deep into it. So I understood that the thing that made me stop being an atheist is simply the amount of evil I saw around. I was like, if this much evil, if if the if Satan is going to appear, if Satan appears in front of you, you're going to have to say, okay, well then God must be real, and that's the point we got to. I realized there was so much evil and so much injustice, and so much. It was it's just the endless, genuine, deliberate attempts at destroying the baseline morality of humans, just making us believe that to the point where pedophilia is even bad. Like incest is okay. Like things we know are wrong. We just innately know it's wrong. And they're just trying their best to destroy our moralities. And he's moral. Now, it's very interesting. And and maybe he will um and I wonder wonder what happened if I did. Does that put me back or not? I can't I can't tell um whether I'm back or whether um Rich, you still there? <laughs> it, oh, it's just showing him. Oh, okay. All right. Now I should be back. Okay. Well, why does it have pause share if you have to do stop share? <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway. Um okay. The, yes, there is a full bore attack on what he calls baseline human morality. I, I agree. But again, he says we know this innately. How? How do we know this innately? And starting about 2008, 2009, uh, on this program, we spent a fair amount of time going over and, and talking about one of the fundamental differences between Islam and Christianity that a lot of the apologetics folks and stuff just don't get into. And it was because I was listening so much to Yasser Qadi and numerous other uh, Muslim clerics and scholars seeking to understand the range of expression within, within Islam. And that's when I was really struck by the need in Islam of having some foundation for explaining what we would call um, natural law. Um, that is, from our perspective, man's made in the image of God. He's not in Islam. Couldn't be. That that's that's inappropriate language for Allah within Islamic theology. 
So you, you can't go there. So instead, they have the Mithak and the Fitra. And the Mithak was a covenant. Um, Allah rubbed Adam's back, and from his loins came forth all of his progeny. So all, all of humanity stands before Allah on this huge plane, which would be a very, very large plane. And he says, am I your God? And they said, you are our God. And so there was a covenant made between Adam and all his progeny and Allah that Allah would be their God. And this results in the fitra. It is a, it, it, it is the Muslim correspondence to what we understand as the result of being made in the image of God. It's, it's the grounding of conscience. And it's what he's talking about here. And that is, we know that pedophilia and homosexuality and all these things are morally wrong. We know that because we're made in the image of God and there is that testimony of the law of God written upon our hearts via creation, not via regeneration. That's the different issue. That's not natural. That's supernatural. And so in Islam, because of that fitra, every person is born a monotheist. And then their parents pervert them into becoming a Christian or a Jew or an atheist or uh, Hindu or Buddhist or secularist or whatever. But that fitra is still there. And so that the fitra and the image of God is a place where Christianity and Islam come close, but for different reasons, in dealing with why it is that mankind has this knowledge that these things are evil and wrong. Um, does this gentleman know anything about the fitra? I, I no, no earthly idea. None, none whatsoever. But that's neither here nor there. Congrats. Oops. I knew I was gonna knew I was going to do that. By somebody or something, I believe God now. And they are are attempting to destroy them. Who would attempt to destroy the baseline morality that was God given? Satan. So if Satan is trying to destroy our morality, then God must be real. So equal and opposite forces, Newton's law proved God. So once I realized God was real, it's like, okay. Then you have all these different interpretations of God, which is interesting. What's interesting about the Christianity-Islamic debate is that they're both uh, Abrahamic. And also, people said to me, well, you're not from the Middle East. Why would you be Muslim? And it kind of makes me laugh. I say, Christianity, didn't that all happen in Palestine? (laughs) Like, all of it comes from the same place, right? I'm not a scholar, so I don't want to get on the scholastic route. But Christianity and and Islam have a lot in common. They worship a lot of the same people. Uh, Islam has uh, another book, uh, the last book, which was Seal. And I'm not sure what he means by worship a lot of the same people because um, we both say you're only to worship God. Now, of course, well, the problems, <coughs> and I know I have, I've still got the screen up. Don't worry about it. Um, one of the problems here <coughs> is, you know, he says he doesn't want to go with the scholastic route and that's, that's going to be an issue. And it's going to be very, very plain only once we make any distinction about Christians who really believe what they believe, he, he's going to 
go default with leftist liberalism as if it's representative of Christianity. I, I doubt he even knows that there are liberal Muslims. He probably is not even aware of their existence. Um, that, that, would, that would be my guess anyways. Truthfully, if, if we're to step away from the scholarship angles and talk about the Bible and the Quran, et cetera, I look at that in a different angle. I look at the world through a very realistic understanding of force. And I understand that if you're not prepared to defend something, it will be taken and destroyed. I understand that, like we said earlier, <laughs> violence is the underpinning of all civilized societies. Even when I look at a big tree, I see violence. I understand that tree is the biggest because it destroyed all the other trees around it. Um, no, sorry. Uh that that's a that's a pretty corrupted worldview and it's a very shallow worldview and while I, I i could see how you might cram some of that into the worst of muhammad um i don't even think that's going to survive in a in a muslim context outside of the taliban or, or something like that if you're not prepared to defend or fight then you're going to be destroyed okay if you're not prepared to defend or fight then Immediately, you know, we we would have to go, so Jesus should not have allowed himself to be, so Peter was right, Jesus was wrong, right? Is that what you're saying? Now, I'm sure he doesn't even know the story. But there is, um, there are places, of course, where it is necessary to stand and fight. But the idea of, religious truth being determined by violence uh, is a major, major problem. When I look at Christianity in its current form, I don't think that they can be right in terms of their interpretation of, interpretation of God, because if they were correct, God would give them the strength to defend themselves. Now, now think about that. Um, what, what, does, what does that even, even mean? Uh, Again, when he says the current interpretation of Christianity, uh, I don't see any evidence. Now, again, he's in Europe. Are, are there good believing churches in 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 London? Yeah. Uh, are they are they generally Church of England? No. Is he necessarily going to have been exposed to them? Probably not. Um. Most of what he's probably seen in his context is compromised uh, Church of England, um, female bishops, transgenderism, homosexuality, you name it. And he knows enough to know that's not what the Bible teaches. So these are people that don't even really believe what their own book says. And he's going to say that later on. They don't even believe what their own book says. Um, quite true. And there are Muslims that don't believe what their book says, too. That's quite true as well. And so obviously the issue is not how consistent that group is or that group is. So what does the book say? What's, what's the divine revelation say? And, and, and God would give them the strength. Oh, so you, you know, uh, so you, you can look back during the degrading period of islamic history uh when when britain ruled over many islamic nations and and islam was in servile submission 
uh, would how would your argument have worked then? If you if you develop arguments that are that are time sensitive in proving universal truths, you've got a problem because you're gonna have different universal truths at different times in history. Um, and I think that's I think that's where he's where he's stuck here. Uh, to be to be perfectly honest with you, so we press on. I don't Christianity doesn't mean anything. If the Christian interpretation of God was correct, then God would be giving them the strength to resist, but they don't resist anything. I don't believe Christians have preserved a single thing in modern time. I know in America there's okay. Um, that's just plain silly. The reality is, uh, it's Islam. Um, look, look at what Islam has destroyed in its destructive forms over against what Christianity has preserved uh, for a great many centuries. Uh, this, this is just historical naivete. It's a uh, bluster. And, you know, when, when you have the idea that force, violence is the way, then bluster and this kind of thing is probably going to work real well for you. That's, you know, but um, I can see how that's attractive. With all due respect to shallow thinking people. Um, but it doesn't provide a lasting foundation that will actually accomplish anything. And um, yeah, so that's, that's not good. Hard lying Christians who believe that they're trying hard, they are still failing on a daily basis. And in most of the world, especially in Europe, Christianity is absolutely not real joke. The thing that actually finally converted me was about three weeks ago. I'll send you the TikTok. It was the first drag queen Methodist preacher. Oh, geez, man. Yeah, but but this is the point. If you're if, you, if you're tolerant of everything, then you stand for nothing. So once you say I'm a Christian, but I tolerate everything under the name of tolerance, well, then you no longer have any beliefs. So if you have no beliefs. Then all of it is garbage. If you're, you... okay, I, I I agree. I mean, none of us, we all united to condemn that foolishness. And so my my question for this guy is, why do you think that that is Christianity? I mean, if you were if you were a, if you'd really think for a few moments, um, you would recognize that what that individual was doing, again, I think it was an Episcopalian church, but anyway, uh, what that person was doing in bringing a drag queen in is in direct violation of the Christian scriptures. And there are plenty of us who still believe those scriptures and are willing to suffer to continue believing those things. So looking at the absolute leftist apostate wackoism as if that defines the historic Christian faith is just foolishness. And again, it may be all you know, but if your inquiry into Christianity, put it this way, if your inquiry into Islam is as surface level as your inquiry into Christianity was, you're going to really have a few things to wake up to big time. Uh, both in your study of Islamic history, 
and Islamic law and all sorts of other things along the way, uh, all of which c- continues to ignore the, the real issue. The real issue is what is true about the divine revelation claimed by Christianity over against the divine revelation claimed by Islam. Because the Quran says, the Torah and the Injil, the law and the, and the gospel were sent down from God. And so you've got to deal with the fact that what was in the law and the gospel is different than what's found in the Quran and answer the question, why was the author of the Quran ignorant of these things? Even though he claimed to have that pedigree, that chain of authority from Moses through Jesus to himself. Has he been challenged on any of these things? I highly doubt it. Not in the past three weeks. And will he in the future? I hope so. It would be great if someone would. Uh, it's not going to be me, but it would be great if someone would. You never know. Maybe he'll run into some of our videos, looking up stuff on YouTube. It's not the first time it's happened. Only way you can worship a God is if that God gives you instructions and if those instructions are adhered to and respected by the followers. And also if the followers of this, of the, of the particular God, I'm not going to say names, stick up for and defend those beliefs and are prepared to be ridiculed or prepared to be stigmatized. And two, like I said er, earlier, a bottom line of, of society's violence to fight to defend those beliefs. If you have a belief system. Okay. So again, not, not change, not switching screens. Uh, there is a difference between an honor religion um, and a religion that has law, but leaves the punishment of sin in the hands of God rather than placing in the hands of men. And that is one of the fundamental differences between Islam and Christianity uh, at this point. And so uh, we are more than happy to defend and have been for a long, long time the truths of scripture and uh this gentleman just doesn't know about how we have done that that nobody will fight to defend and you don't have beliefs just like feminism if nobody fights to defend it it goes away like christianity if nobody stands up for the rules it goes away there is one religion on the planet again it's not standing up for rules it's standing up for the the actual actions of god in time in the revelation of himself in christ you know, again, I see no evidence that Andrew has any knowledge of what the actual uh, claims of Christianity are. In which people stand up for the rules, they stick by the rules, they refuse to be mocked, and they refuse to completely throw away their values and belief systems under the guise of tolerance. Okay, notice there's two things. They refuse to be mocked. Well, no, but they refuse to compromise. Those are two different things. He, in his mind, they're the same thing. And that, that's why I say there, there's, there's no consistency in the man's thought that is going to last for any lengthy period of time when it's pressed by reality or by pushback from anybody else. Because they don't want to be tolerant of everything. They said, no, we're not tolerant of everything because when you're tolerant of everything, you have no morality. So we talked about earlier. Baseline morality means there's some things you're intolerant of because you're a moral person. So to be more- Well, that, all this is a given. All this is, is, is more duh. Yeah, of course. And this is what we have been saying about the left. This is what we have been saying about progressives. This is what we've been, and you can go back to Machen. And it, 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 we've been at this a long, long time. Somebody did not do their homework. 
or you have to be intolerant to a degree. There's one religion on the planet, and that's Islam. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna worship God, and I'm gonna worship God in a way which is true to my own personal beliefs, also what I understand about the world, what I understand about strength, what I understand about defending ideals, then there's only one religion on earth I can respect. I can't respect Christians anymore. They set Notre Dame on fire. Imagine that was the other way around. Like, think about it for a second. Think about for a second. Well, I'll be honest. I have no idea if Notre Dame was set on fire or if it was a construction accident or whatever. I, I don't know. But, yeah, European Christianity, France, places like that, um, thoroughly compromised. Are there still true believers there? Yes. Are they? Would they be easy for this man to have seen? No. Uh, does that excuse him making broad, sweeping, bad generalizations? No, not especially when you're making decisions that have eternal ramifications. I say this all the time. People walk around with T-shirts. Jesus is gay in, t- in TVs. They're making fun of Christianity on TV. They're mocking your God in front of your face, and Christians don't say a word. They don't say a word. They will take a, a, a preacher of whatever background, which directly contradicts your holy book. Okay, I need to stop there because that's where uh, he decides to uh, become too profane for use. I'll skip past it. Um, but uh, again, th- this is all aimed at the spineless, beliefless. Um, it's it, it same to the same people that I was, I had a brief tweet exchange with. There was this progressivist church that just posted a tweet. The Bible is not inerrant, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I, I didn't even respond to them. I just quote tweeted, tweeted it and said, you know, this, I've been saying for years, I don't understand why people do this, why they continue to even pretend when, when, when this is what they believe. Well, they responded to me. Oh, we just love Jesus, and we don't claim to own Jesus. And I'm like, you can't tell me anything about him without the scriptures. That's who he's talking about. He's talking about those folks. And I get it. He's talking about those folks. Um, But that's not Christianity. And he needs to find that out. I hope somebody can tell him that um, before he finds out what the penalty for becoming a murtad is. (laughs) Well, they say tolerant because they're cowards. The truth is this. If your interpretation of God and the world was right, I don't believe God would allow you to sit there and be such a fucking coward. Oops, sorry. What I don't believe. I don't think that God would allow. I'm sorry. I got through. I didn't realize there was a second one, but um, my apologies. Um, I even skipped. I, I managed to catch the first one, but I didn't catch the second one. So notice what, again, his mindset is. His mindset is that uh, since force and violence is necessary, um, that this cowardice, and it is cowardice, that he's, he is absolutely correct. Progressivism is cowardice. Progressivism defines itself based upon what the world wants us to look like. It it reshapes Jesus into something that's acceptable to the world. That is cowardice. I get that. But when you look at uh, the history of the Christian faith enduring persecution without adopting the methodologies 
of the persecutors. That's a completely different thing. He has no concept because no one's ever explained it to him. I get it. But he has no concept of the strength, the power that was shown by Christ in restraining divine power in his suffering and going to the cross. It's clear he's never heard anything about that. He has no idea of what condescension Christ showed and what restraint he showed in allowing what happened to him to happen so that the purposes of Father, Son, and Spirit would be would be accomplished. I hope and pray. I, I get the feeling that he would be open to someone like a Christian MMA fighter. <laughs> okay. You know, um, I, I don't think he would be open to too many others. Um, I don't know, but there, it seems like possibly an opening for someone to disabuse him of his tremendous ignorance of the Christian faith, because he is tremendously ignorant of the Christian faith and he is tremendously ignorant of the Islamic faith. I, I don't think he has even just in a general sense, I see no reason to believe that he has any knowledge of the 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 spectrum of Islamic belief. And I don't see any any evidence of it. So again, I I had never heard of the man. Uh, I guess there's this thing now called um, internet influencer. That's actually a job now, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I'm an internet influencer. You know, we started podcasting almost 23 years ago. We're coming up on a quarter century. We were podcasting before there were pods. So I guess that makes me an internet influencer, but I I, I don't know that I would ever put that down. <laughs> so, so what do you do? Well, um, I've been told by my kids now that I'm an internet influencer. And, Okay, whatever. I I got no idea. But so there you go. Um my my reaction video was considerably longer than Doug's was, but that's mainly be, because of the Islamic element of it and um and the fact that I think I spent more time saying I just don't think this young man really understands um Christianity at all and that saddens me. And yes, there is a parable to be seen here of how repulsive progressivist apostasy is. But at the same time, unless his heart is changed, he would find the humility of Christ in laying down his life as a sacrifice um, to be repulsive as well. If if what you want is the MMA smash somebody in the face religion, I'm a little concerned that we may be having some Christian young men trying to do the same thing. Um, there the 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 power and manliness 
of Christianity is not in always expressing that power, but very often is in the patient restraint of power for the greater goal of service toward Christ and those that he calls us to. So um, anyway, all right. Uh, it's not quite an hour, but I, I just wanted to get sneak one of these uh, in before uh, the weekend because uh, traveling next week, I know Monday is going to be out. Um, Tuesday's possible. I don't know. Uh, I, I just sort of have to look at each day's travel and look at the weather and what the conditions are going to be and how long I think it's going to take and stuff like that. If you have really good, nice weather, then you can sort of do that. Sometimes you can't always tell. Um, I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll do the best we can to uh, fill in the gaps uh, because if I can't do a dividing line, once I'm set up someplace, we still have the driving line to do. And uh, so we can, we can uh, keep up with things that way. Anyway, I hope that was useful to you, especially those of you. Look, if you, like me, had never heard the guy, hopefully you still got something out of the discussion of some of the background issues of Islam and things like that. But if you were someone who, are, who, who knew who he was, then hopefully that'll even be more useful. And you might be in a situation to be able to share some of that with, uh, with others. So that's another good reason to do so. Okay, thanks for watching the program today, and uh, we'll see you sometime next week. God bless.